All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. After three o'clock, welcome back to the Gregor Show. Presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where you can get in the game if you have yet to do it. Go to PlayAlberta.ca. You can use the promo code SPORTS50 if you want to try uh, your luck on games. Or if you just like the casino, you can do that and use the promo code CASINO50. For fifty free dollar wager at playalberta.ca, we uh, welcome into the show today our uh, big guest of the day. Brought to you by Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies, taking uh, you or your group to your next destination. Book your ride today at silentrides.ca. A gentleman who. Uh, Always tried to ride at the back of the bus, but ended up uh, in the middle, usually. Uh, Sean Brown joins us. Brownie, how you doing? <laughs> it took me a while to get to the back. I had to go, <laughs> took me to, I got to Europe, but yeah, good. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great, uh, great long uh, little weekend there. Weather was awesome. Got to do a lot of fun things with the family and kind of hang out and enjoy it. You? Uh, yeah, it was good. It was, um, you know, I had a few hockey uh, practices for the uh, the lads. Uh, no game this weekend, but a um, few hockey practices, and then uh, watched uh, watched a few matinee games on uh, Saturday and Monday. So it was uh, it was good. Actually, I saw up close and personal with a moose at, uh, at River Lot yeah. Fifty Six. Um, you know, she was. Well, I know I'm like I'm not a moose age, a moose age specialist, but I'm guessing she was. I don't know, like one and a half, two years old. So uh, definitely was uh, was weaned and was very calm. Because we're in anybody who's ever walked in uh, River Lot Fifty Six uh, knows the path, and so I'm walking. Uh, came down the, you know, you start at the front, then you go all the way around. It's kind of like a full circle almost. So I was coming up uh, the backside, and I came up on a path, and like she didn't even move. And I'm sitting there, and we were walking her. Well, it was a small little dog, but it's not like she's going to hurt anybody. But uh, and I just kind of heard Russ, and I look up, and I'm literally like almost. She might have been four feet behind. Like she was super close, yeah. and she just stand there munching on some trees, and just you know took some pictures, and you know didn't go try to get close or anything like that. But um, I, it's been a while, probably since uh, at my farm when I was. Uh, maybe in my early 20s when uh, we used to have a, a moose that was at our farm for years and every year she'd have a calf or two. And so she, I wouldn't say she was super comfortable with us, but we always yeah. knew where she was in in the bush. And so I'd see her a few times. So, you know, yeah. I, never, I was yeah. never an idiot, never get too close to a mama moose. But yeah. this one was just like so relaxed. It was awesome. Like they're just majestic creatures, man. Yeah. There's something about a moose. I love seeing them. There's that. Yeah. We, we live on an acreage just off the white mud there. And every once in a while we'll see, I used to see quite a bit when we first moved out there, but as it's gotten busier and more yeah. traffic, 
usually I'll see a dead one. Well, you know, once a year. But uh, yeah, when you see them, they're they're pretty special. It's actually I'm trying to grow a couple apple trees in my backyard, and they keep coming and chewing them. Oh well, of course, chewing them down. And it's so I put some netting over them, thinking that that would work this year, and it it found a way to chew through it. And now, is it the moose, or has you got deer out there too, or what? I got deer, but oh, I've yeah. seen the tracks and that, and oh, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a moose. You got a moose yeah. is running your show. Yeah, so yeah, um, well, that happens. But it's kind of tough. You want to see them? Yeah, but yet. I wouldn't mind an apple tree. <laughs> <laughs> Put up a bigger fence. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What, what about uh, for your son's hockey? You guys ever go out to like an ODR? Like this weekend would have been. I, yeah, I my, went son was, my son was actually sick. So okay. um, he wasn't, uh, he was, I don't know. I got some, uh, kind of a flu thing for a day or two. So uh, even when you're the head coach and your kid doesn't go, you still got to go run practice. So that's, that's kind of, uh, so he was kind of rattled that yeah. he didn't get to uh, trust your assistant coaches or what? Uh, well, you know, there's a few of them just weren't there. So, um, okay. yeah, but you know, I, I'm a big believer. If you commit to something, go yeah. to it. So, yeah. and I like, it. it's good. Uh, um, you know, you get out there with the kids now they're getting older. So you know what? I can, I can get a little bit of a workout in when I'm out there coaching now. So yeah. I do a little bit of drills and skating. You, with them, that, so. you hop in the drills. You're that guy. No, I don't hop into many of the drills, but we will play. Um, sometimes if we have a guy short just to do a rush here or there, but yeah. I like to demonstrate because a lot of kids, if you show them once or twice, they can yeah. see it better. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm just trying to get them to do stuff quicker now. Like it's the end of the season. I'm not bringing in new drills. Now yeah. it's just trying to execute the ones we yeah. do. Yeah. Right. Like I'm trying to convince yeah. our team how important it is. Not just to pass, but to yeah. take pride in your pass and make it on the tape. And so yeah. um, yesterday we had a fun little internal competition to see which kids can complete the most passes. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, there's nothing fr- There's nothing worse for me watching a practice and watching coaches hop in there and take reps from kids. Oh, yeah, no. I, I find that, like, that's my pet peeve. Yeah. It's like your time is over. Yeah. Like if there is if there is a shortage and you need one other player yeah, to do a drill here yeah. or there, sure. But yeah. I don't. I no. Honestly, no. I'll have it. I'd rather have one kid be like, no, no, double shift. You're going back yeah, in, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I'll just demonstrate and then stand back yeah. and watch and you know give little tips here or there. You know, because yeah. I'm just trying. You try to. The hardest thing I find to coach is trying to teach hockey sense to kids and understanding when the puck's here, where you can go and yeah. how to support the player, yeah. and so. You draw that. So it just, it, yeah. you have to be way more patient in doing that because yeah. as somebody who played the game, you understand yeah. certain situations where to see and go, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and so, but when they're nine and 10, like that's just, they're kind of starting to oh, learn yeah. it, but they're not going to yeah. get it every time. So yeah. it, trying to find out and some kids, certain ways, how you talk to them are different from every other kid. So you yeah. kind of got to figure out like some of them can, you can verbalize it. Others yeah. you got to, and I'm a terrible drawer. So I try to get on the board yeah. and I'm trying to draw it to say, okay, when yeah. this is here, Think about going there, yeah. and so, and then when it works, so I, yeah. I act like it's like the greatest thing I've ever done, <laughs> <laughs> just so they remember. Oh, okay, I'll remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes a bingo dabber marker. Works. Oh no, we we've got yeah. those for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. um, well, I, I've been watching. You know, it's funny because I talked to. Uh, you know, Jay Woodcroft, when he was a coach, you know, he gave me a few drills. Here, here's some drills to try for your kids. Yeah. And it's funny that I'd watch like a week later and they're doing the virtually the same drill in the orders. Oh yeah. Which is great. And yeah. so they have what call it the four square drill that I watch in practice. So for any coach out there, you basically you take the bingo dabber and right where the ring at line is, you can, you can use that as imaginary line. And then at the dot, there's like a square. So you go in at the, uh, at the circle, right, like the slot area, you yeah. run a line all the way down, and then you have two squares on one side and then two squares on the other circle, and you have one person, I do it in pennies, right, at the top of one side, bottom in the other, and then you have two players outside, and so you have to pass, give, and go, and it just yeah. learns them how to teach them, learns them, what yeah. terrible English, teaches them how to uh, use give and goes and stay in their area, though. They can't yeah. move, yeah. right? So it yeah. keeps them stationary that you got to maintain your position, and man, the, the amount of competitiveness it, it creates, the fun, and kids learning because in games now i see kids sometimes be like i sh- if he's here then i don't need to be right beside him i need to be but mm-hmm. not too far yeah right because yeah. it also encourages supporting the puck yeah. so yeah. and you can learn stuff that it is funny like the nhl players just do it quicker and faster and more efficient but they have a lot of the same simple drills and guess what i watch at the end of order practice they still do a breakaway drill it's a fun game. You, right. If you don't have fun for kids at U9, U11, U15, U19, then you're losing. You're missing the point because they still have fun at the NHL level. And, and it's like you said, it's not, they're not complicated drills. No. Like it's not hard. It's not a very hard game to play. I don't think you have to overcomplicate it. And yeah. a lot of games and small area games are great tools and there's great learning opportunities for kids. And like you said, they love it. You love it. Like what are your favorite drills that you do for kids? Uh, the one of the, the one of the games that I enjoy is I put 
you know, we'll play below the tops of the circles. Okay. So I'll have two lines on the top of the circle on one side, and then two lines on the other side. I'll be in the middle with pucks, and I'll dump a puck in either corner. And obviously, the two outside lines are two. Yeah, two outside lines are the offensive. Lions, yeah. offensive players, and then the two inside are the defensive players. So, so it's the, a two-on-two two battle It's a two-on-on-two. So oh, you yeah. can dump it in either corner. Yeah. It teaches good puck support. So if yeah. I dump it in the left corner, obviously the outside guy is going to get the puck, and then the inside guy is playing defense, and mm-hmm. then the offensive guy on the other side has to get over there and support them. And so there's a lot of good competition, a, oh. a lot of good understanding of how to play Love on the, the defensive drills, side. Man. And then what I like most about it, it's not over until someone scores or the defensive guys have to skate it out. So I yeah. don't I don't let them no, shoot, just shoot it, it out, no. Right? So even when you're playing defense, you got to learn, you know, pivoting the right way, making sure that you're supporting, you know, if the puck is turned over, being an option to get out and like I said, just that that compete to get out and then when the offensive player loses the puck, just the understanding of tracking and getting in there and getting pucks back and trying to keep it alive. So Lots of con- the kids love that one. Oh, they love it. I fired in on the goalie for that drill because yeah. it teaches him how to yeah, deflect yeah, how to the puck it. in the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, plus, it kind of keeps him involved because sometimes they'll battle oh, for yeah. 30 seconds and get no shots, and the yeah. goalie's just kind of, yeah. hey, guys, get a puck on net here. Yeah. So, yeah, no, those are uh, great drills. Um, how would you coach when your team, excluding Dallas, for whatever reason late, lately, has really kind of just taken the foot off the gas in the second period? We've seen it against Detroit. We saw it in St. Louis. We saw it in Arizona. So it's a little bit of a trend. It wasn't there in Dallas. Like Dallas was a, it was amazing how the first period was super tight checking. There's no scoring chances yeah. either way. Third period, same thing. But the second period was actually quite entertaining. Yeah. And that was a good second period, I thought, for Edmonton. But how would you get out of that? Because it has started to become a little bit of a trend here for Edmonton. Their second periods are just, there's been a real lull. Yeah, that's a tough one because as a coach, you can only do so much. And obviously he's done a super job at juggling and recognizing, you know, when the nice thing now is like, he's been there long enough that he has a real understanding of, you know, who, who's going, who's not going and, and their, their diff, the, the different skill sets and abilities. And he's really putting his mark on, you know, taking those opportunities and, and, and rewarding guys and taking a little bit of ice. And I think that's, that's been really good. And that's one way of kind of, keeping guys edgy and kind of keeping them on their toes uh, and getting them out of their comfort zone. But, you know, too, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, after each period, I'm not sure, you know, sometimes it kind of creeps in. I, I'm not sure maybe the conversations or some of the, you know, maybe the lack of focus in between periods is, is a little bit of concern. So you'd probably address that with, with the whole team and making sure that your leaders are on, on board with making sure that the conversations and the engagement in between periods is, is, is there number one. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, you know what, it's just, uh, it, every team sometimes goes through these. I don't know if there's a quick answer or a response, but I think if anything, it's, it's bringing it up after a period, making them aware of it, you know, allowing your leaders to, to be leaders and keep guys engaged and focused, uh, in that intermission there after the first, the, um, you know, you look at the orders here and like that first, what was it? Six minutes of the third period against Arizona was just an absolute clinic. Like they just dominated. And also like Arizona looks scared. They're just icing the puck. I think it was three times in two minutes. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm sorry. You're not, you can't play that defensive. And, and last year, maybe like Vegas or Boston, maybe you can get away with it, but definitely not if you're, uh, if you're, uh, if you're Arizona by any stretch. But, um, the more here we are, 17 days away from the trade deadline. The orders have, what um eight games maybe nine uh they got five this month at home then they're in seattle and pittsburgh and then i think they're on the road so i think it's nine between now and the trade deadline like the more i watch i I get the need for a second line right winger if you could find one that'd be awesome but man i really think they gotta they they gotta upgrade their fourth line like they just don't have a combination that works yeah it's um you know yeah yeah if you look at the four line fourth line we've talked about it before and you know what they they work hard there's no mm-hmm. question that their game and you know they're they're giving it all that they got it's not a knock on them it's just i think if you want to be a real contender and if you look at you know the way the game is played and the grind of the game and you know you're going to need some size and oh, some yeah. and some grip back there right and um unfortunately you know some of those guys that 
they're they're kind of really they're similar. Yeah. Right? Well, um, Gagne, Brown, Ryan, they're all too small. You know, none of them are really yeah. physical. None of them. I mean, Gagne is great because he's also like he's a veteran and he's a savvy guy that you know during that stretch he could probably you know find different ways to contribute uh, see, to the I, team in different ways. Yeah, I'm just not sure his style of play. Like when he was on Columbus, and they made it, he was on the fourth line. But he was on their first unit power play. Right. Mm -hmm. So he became, and so you're getting a lot of puck touches. You just, you're in the game. Your confidence is there. He doesn't get that here in Edmonton. And I know he was productive there for a stretch, but, uh, you know, he was also at a much higher rate than he ever been in his career. That just wasn't going to, that wasn't going to maintain itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like Derek Ryan, I think is better suited as a winger than he is as a centerman at this stage, at least for me anyway. So, Mm -hmm. um, and Connor Brown, like, I agree with you. There's no concerns about his effort. No. Right, and he's and their PK has been floundering, but he's not on the ice when they're getting scored on, so he's not really the issue on the PK. But it's just, I don't know if I'm like at this point, picturing him scoring seems almost like impossible to do. And so you want to at least have the sense that you, if you can't go into the games hoping, well, the best case scenario is that we is that we tie, we never get scored on. And right now with Brown, there's never a chance you'll think he'll actually bury one. Now maybe when he does score, it'll. Release the hounds and, you know, whatever. And I'm sure, you know, the anvil size weight that's on his shoulders will come off. I get it. But, um, and I see his effort. I don't have a problem with it, but I just wonder yeah. if, like, if, if that ship has sailed. I'm, I'm curious how they view that. Yeah. It's tough. I feel, I mean, could you imagine being him? Oh, you know, like it's not an easy, he's not in an easy situation or place right now. And, you know, obviously he's obviously, you know, a, a great person and a great teammate and, and he's working. You know, but sometimes when it starts to snowball and it's where it's at right now, it's, it's, it's just tough on them. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's just, there's too many guys right now in Yarmark. I mean, I love McLeod. McLeod's got a dimension that's different than a lot of them. Yeah. Holloway, I love. We've talked about him and his grit and his speed. He can create turnovers. Uh, Fogel's obviously a big fan of him. You know, he plays, plays a heavy, hard game that you're going to need, but, you know, yeah, Mark and Ryan and, and Brown are just, to me, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't know where, you know, if you bring up a young kid and give him an opportunity, like, you know, the, it's just so unfortunate that at the beginning of the season, there was, it, they were struggling so much that they missed those development opportunities to give those guys, which would have better prepared them even now if they were sent, you know, up and down and brought back up at some point, they would have some experience and, you know, this, that start just really hurt you know, the opportunities for those guys to get into those spots. And because maybe those guys, you never know, coming down the stretch here, maybe, maybe would have been a little bit prepared or at least they give you the size. Yeah. You know, you, you know, they're, they might not score, but, you know, they're going to play heavy. They're going to play down low and they're going to be able to protect pucks and keep pucks alive. But, you know, it was just a, an unfortunate situation for some of those young kids. When we come back, uh, Dave McCarthy will uh, join us. Uh, a heated race for the uh, Hart Trophy. Also, uh, well, we talked about it earlier about uh, Brock Faber. We'll get to that. Um, it looked like a, a roaring success at Met Stadium for uh, the uh, two games, right? The uh, Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils and the Flyers. Looked like, what are you, 70,000 fans uh, back-to-back days. That's a huge success. I think lots of people were talking about it. And Is that something they should consider uh, on a biannual basis, just those four teams. It doesn't always have to involve everybody else because I think those four teams travel well for it, right? Like, could you do that somewhere else? Like, if you did it in Edmonton, okay, but Edmonton and Calgary fans are going to be there, but who else, right? Like, what other two teams could you do in Edmonton? There's no one close enough. I don't think you, I don't think it would work, right? You might be able to do it in California, although the weather's an issue. But L.A. and Anaheim are there. San Jose's close. Right, Arizona's close, or Vegas definitely is close enough. You could probably get away with it, but like that's the ideal situation for them. And you know what? If that became a biannual event, I think it'd be great for the NHL. It'd be great for those markets. People would watch it. I think fans would be lots of fans that love to come and see it. So something they should think about. We'll talk to that and more on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Three twenty-nine. Welcome back, Jason Greger, Sean Brown, Connor Halley with you on the Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, lots of text flying in, 833-401-1440. Uh, many people wondering about uh, the uh, rumors about Rasmus Anderson maybe being uh, floated about by Calgary. Uh, you're you're going to, I'll say this, you are going to hear so many players' names uh, between now and the March 8th trade deadline. 80% of them won't be moved. Let's just uh, let's just remember that um, not a lot of them are going to be moved. So 
Um, now, somebody says, hey, this guy put it out there. Yeah, you know, you talk to somebody and, you know, maybe someone mentioned, hey, what about that guy? Well, that doesn't mean that he's on the market. It means maybe a team was interested. And there'll be lots of tire kicking for sure. And if Calgary's in a position that uh, they're trading Hannafin, they're trading Tanef, an opposing GM, why wouldn't he ask, say, well, what about Anderson? And then the, and then uh, if you're Craig Conroy, you'll be like, hey, Craig Conroy would be listening to any offer, but you got to make an offer. Right. So I think sometimes people will take the, hey, what about this as meaning, oh, Calgary's willing to trade him. Ah, you might be willing to trade anybody but at the right price. Right. I'm, they're not, you know, I, I'd be surprised a Rasmus Anderson deal at the deadline. I guess anything can happen. There's always a few surprises. No one thought Ekholm was going to get moved at that time. So, hey, as you get closer and uh, if you can get the return you want, then I think almost any player is tradable for sure. We've seen, hey, Wayne Gretzky got dealt. Anybody can get dealt. Let's uh, go around the NHL. Brought to you by McDonald's. And uh, right now, you stop into McDonald's, you can get the, to help out Ronald McDonald House, which does a lot in this community for lots of families. You get a great value. You can get the pamphlet, all the gift certificates in there for fries, cheeseburgers, coffee, and cones. $20 value. It only costs you 5 bucks, And all the proceeds, 100%, will go towards Ronald McDonald House. So uh, you want to help Ronald McDonald House and get a great deal for yourself? On some of the staples at McD's, stop in now, ask for one at McDonald's. We uh, welcome into the program, as always, on uh, Tuesdays, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. Uh, Dave, we are uh, 17 days away from the uh, NHL trade deadline. There's 58 days left in the season. Man, there's great playoff races. There's great trophy races, you know, across the board from Hart Trophy to Norris Trophy to, uh, well, Vesna might be Hellebuck, uh, a little bit of a landslide, but we'll see. Um, the, the Calder, like, don't sleep on Brock Faber. I'll tell you that right now. But I, I guess I want to get to first um, the uh, the New York, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia. I'm not, it doesn't benefit me at all, but if I was the NHL, I would look at making that a biannual event. That looked fantastic. Yeah, it did. I uh, I have to say, of all of the outdoor games the league has put together, that is the one that gave me the most FOMO for not being at. And it's not to malign any of the other outdoor games that have been held. But, man, that looked like there was some sort of grandeur, some sort of majesty at that event. Like, I don't know if it was the fact that MetLife is just, even on TV, it looks like a gigantic building. The The, the crowd surrounds you. The, the pitch is steep. It looks like the crowd is right on top of the field. Um, you know, e- even though the building was, was huge, it didn't seem like the rink was dwarfed by it either. Like, it just... It just really seemed to work well. And when you can get 150, 155,000 folks through the turnstiles in, in, in the span of two days, uh, why wouldn't you do that? Um, you know, I thought it was an absolute home run. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I thought it was really, really cool. And for those who suggest that, oh, they've lost their luster and all that, the outdoor games, like, okay, well, I don't know, watch something else. But, Man, like if you were down there, clearly 150,000 people felt differently uh, because that that was that was as cool an event as I've seen on TV in quite some time. What an exciting weekend for Jeremy Yager. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that, but I've been a I've been a part of a few really good retirements. Uh, there was none better than that one. I don't think there was a better person. Um I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his speech. Um you know, it was pretty cool for the fact that he went out there on the ice for warm-up, went out there for practice. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, again, I thought that was an absolute home run by the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, short of not letting the guy play. Which, <laughs> hell, the way, he, the way he looked in practice in the warm-up, they might have been able to use him. Um, I thought they knocked that out of the park. You know, what with having him take practice um, and, and do the warm-ups and all of the guys coming out, the auger mullets wearing the auger jerseys, seeing Yager skate around with Sid and Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin. Um, that, that's just really, really cool. Uh, his speech was, was raw and honest. You know, I, I love the fact that he admitted back when he played, he was 
maybe not not the nicest guy that he was hell bent on being the best but now that he's got a little bit older you know he, he understands now what what's important and it's to be a good person i thought he sent a really good message um <laughs> the line about thanking his girlfriend and saying that she's too young to remember me playing here um i mean that puts him in the all-time quote <laughs> hall of fame uh like i don't know they they couldn't have uh couldn't have done that one much better and it was it was cool to see some healing between him and the city of pittsburgh because it was one of those exits as we see at times in pro sports um as, as much as he meant to the city while he was playing his departure maybe was not as amicable as you would have liked to have been but it seems like they put that in the past and uh, there's been some healing that's taken place and now there's a deep appreciation between Yager and the city and and the city and Yager which is important. Oh yeah. So what do you think of Pittsburgh? Like they're kind of at a crossroads here. Kind you, of, dude. <laughs> well, you know, you got yeah, you got Sidney Crosby who you're probably not going to get rid of, right? Just because he's Sidney Crosby, but do you get rid of like a Melkin? Is he kind of that Yager? Is he the guy like, would you be able, is he a guy that gets moved? Do you think? I don't know who's interested in taking on that kind of a contract right now with the amount of term he's got left. That's the issue. Um, mm-hmm. Sid, you could move because he doesn't, he's got what one year left after this one. And he's still playing like Sid, the kid, not Sid, the much older guy. Um, Evgeny Malkin has not played as well, nearly no. as well as he did last year. Um, so I don't know if you can move a guy like that. I mean, I don't think there would be a lot of teams lining up for, for that kind of a contract with that kind of term at this point. You know, your best bet now is to certainly move Jake Gensel. That is without question. If they, if they do not do that, I think that is malpractice on the part of Kyle Dubas. Um, and, you know, really, like I know it's difficult and, and all of that, but, you know, I would at least invite Sid into my office if I were Kyle Dubas and ask him, like, what are we doing here? What is it that you'd like to do moving forward? Um, you know, <laughs> because you have to look reality in the eye and, and say it's not going to get no. much better here in Pittsburgh. Not at all. So, you know, and, and he may want to play another two or three years after this. Why not the way he's playing? Do you want to play in a scenario where – it's not going to be great. And if anything, it's going to be worse. Are you good with that? If you are, then, you know, I think you owe Sid that respect. But, you know, I think for for being a fan of the game, boys, I would hope he's not okay with that because I'd like to see him in a position where he can continue to help a team challenge for a cup in the last two or three years of his career um, while he's still while he's still playing at an elite level. Well, the interesting thing about Crosby, he's got one year left on his deal. He's 8.7. So the interesting thing is, would Pittsburgh say, well, we're going to trade Crosby, but the only way you could trade him at the deadline is if you retain salary, right? Like teams mm-hmm. just don't have 8.7 mil. And, and like, I wonder if they'd want to do that. Cause you know, usually when you, now you retain salary on guys who have, uh, you know, the final year of their deal. So you're just doing it for two months to make the deal work. Uh, man, you do that for a guy like, maybe they would, but man, that would be a tough one. I will say though, I, I think, I think Sidney Crosby in a year's time, guys is going to be dealt. I'd be stunned mm. if next year at the deadline, the final year of his deal, uh, he sees it now. They'll have missed the playoffs. This will be their third year in a row. And he's like, okay, like the writing's on the wall here. We're like, they, they're going to trade Jake Gensel this year. Now, maybe Sid wants to stay there, but my question would be why? Like we just talked about Yarmer. Yarmer Yager never spent as much time in Pittsburgh as Sid. He didn't win three cups. He won two, right? And he won it early in his career, and then that was it. And, you know, yeah, they booed him when he played for the Flyers, as they should, because that's their biggest rival, right? Like, they're Penguins fans. They're not Yarger fans. But once he comes back as a Penguin, they loved him. And it would be no different than Crosby. If Crosby left, now, Crosby might not want to go. He might not go to Philly at him, especially when he had the choice, and and Yager took uh, Philly over Pittsburgh, which is kind of funny. But... I think Sid, like, there, this whole thing about legacy stuff, like, you know, Steve Eisenman was lucky, but Steve Eisenman retired after his team had 130 or 129 points and then lost to the orders in the first round of the playoffs. Right? Like, they were a good team and he went out. The Penguins suck and they're going to mm-hmm. stink now for the next many years. Like, it's only a matter of time before Sid leaves. And if he truly cares about the organization, then he leaves when they can trade him rather than just walk as a free agent next summer. 
Well, that's why I say, it, number one, it's not going to infringe on his legacy no, in Pittsburgh if he, if he agrees to be moved. In fact, I, if anything, I think it might enhance it. Um, two, if you're Pittsburgh, why wouldn't you be interested in retaining salary to consummate a deal if you could get one done this year? Because it's only going to drive the price up. The way he's playing right now, if you could get Sid for like 4.325, for two playoff years, okay, you're going to pay a boatload for him to begin with, um, but you'll also pay more to have Pittsburgh retain salary to help facilitate that deal to get not just one but two years out of Crosby um, at this point in time. And look, who knows? Maybe by this time next year, maybe he looks more like Evgeny Malkin does this year than than Sidney Crosby looks like Sidney Crosby. There, you know, you never know. Once you get a little bit, you know, on in years. So I, I don't know why Pittsburgh would be a, against retaining even 50% of the salary. What, you don't want that on your books next year? Like it's going to handcuff you when you're trying to win a Stanley. You're not going to win a Stanley Cup. No. Like it's all, the dream is dead. That's fair. So that's only going to, it's only going to drive the price up. I don't see why Pittsburgh would be adverse to doing that. And, you know, I know it's difficult for Sid, but I really do believe that one, it would be good for the game. Um, two, it would be good for the Penguins, and by that extension, it would be good for Sid's legacy in Pittsburgh to go out um, at the top of his game and help uh, let his departure restock the cupboard for the next wave of that franchise. Yeah, good points. What do you think, or what do you expect tonight with uh, an interesting game for me tonight is the Jets in Minnesota. Do you, do you expect any shenanigans? Well, we'll see if Minnesota scores 10. I mean, holy cow. Um, (laughs) No, I don't know. There's always that build-up to games that have had a bit of um, theatrics the game prior, and and oftentimes it seems like there isn't um, a lot of, of, I guess, not a level that matches up to, to what you know, we all anticipate and all expect. Like, you've been through it before, Sean. Like, do you remember a time from your career where, you know, you went in, oh, there's going to be hell to pay and all this? Like, were there many times that that actually came to fruition to the extent where we all anticipate that it might? You're absolutely right. Yeah, usually those games that were built up, nothing happened, and then when you think nothing's going to happen, it just explodes. Like, the only one that I can remember where it actually did live up and, if not exceed expectations, was whatever that was, March 27th um, in the late 90s there um, with the Red Wings and the Avalanche when they went back in. And and that, you know, really got sideways. But beyond that, like, generally speaking, it's not to the same extent. So, yeah, I'm I'm not really expecting a, a great deal tonight. No, which is uh, which is unfortunate. I actually think the uh, having a, having a little bit of rivalry every now and then is uh, great. It's unfortunate Toronto and Ottawa don't play again uh, yeah, this no. season. Now, Dave, under the category of shocked, Gary Bettman didn't uh, uh, overturn the appeal of of Morgan Riley. Not that the Leafs have missed him; they're uh, they're four zero without him. But I don't know if there's any bigger farce in pro sports than the appeal process in the NHL. Well, I mean. <laughs> You're essentially asking the commissioner to undercut the guy who makes that decision. Never happening. You know, unless it's an egregious uh, account of malpractice on the part of the Department of Player Safety, the commissioner is not going to undercut his guy. Otherwise, it almost suggests that a change is required at that position, right? Like, how can you do one without essentially suggesting, even indirectly, that I don't support Guy X, in this case, George Peros in the job, but I'm okay with him continuing. It just it doesn't make sense. So, um, you know, I was not expecting him to reduce the suspension. Uh, it was interesting to read uh, the report, the ruling that he issued, where you know, he backed up uh, his, his findings. He, he laid out the position that Morgan Riley and the Maple Leafs took and the Department of Player Safety took. I thought I thought it was interesting that that he suggested on a number of occasions Morgan admitted to uh, looking for retribution. So it almost seems like one of those cases where, like, shut up immediately. Um, don't even use that as a defense because clearly it was it was not considered to be relevant. Um, and and, um, and and suggesting that 
you know, um, that it was a defense. Uh, the commissioner, I think the, the quote was uh, utterly irrelevant um, uh, under his findings. So, yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all. It, it is somewhat of a odd process. Like, I just don't, I don't think you're going to hold out a lot of hope when you when you go down that road that it's going to be reduced. Um, and in this case, uh, you can no longer uh, appeal to an independent arbitrator with a suspension of five games or under. So yeah. here we are. Point is that um, the Maple Leafs have already won, right? Whether they lose to the Yotes <laughs> on 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 Wednesday or not, they've acquitted themselves just fine without Riley. If you had asked me beforehand, would you sign off Leafs going four and one without Riley? A hundred percent. Everybody would have said, "Yep, we'll take that." So they have, and now they got a chance to get greedy, take you know, win all five. Um, they're going to be fine, and I think in a roundabout way, they've used this as a turning point. William Nylander said it um, was something that was recognized in the room and that the, the fellas didn't want to let him down, and they've played like it. And maybe now they start to play a little bit better as a group once Morgan Rowley gets back in the line, because I think they've played arguably um, some of their best hockey of the season um, without him because they've been forced to simplify their game, be a lot more direct, um, you know, less nonsense with the puck in bad areas. You got to make better decisions, and they've done that by and large. So, so maybe it'll end up uh, coming back to benefit them. Davey, great stuff as always, buddy. Uh, we appreciate a fun question. We talk in a yes. week. Will there be any trades between today and next Tuesday when we speak next? Mm, so, what's next Tuesday? What's the date of that? Well, that uh, would be uh, February twenty seventh. So still like a week and change before the deadline. I'm going to say we'll set the over under at one and a half and I'll take the under. Okay. All right. Okay. David taking the under. I like it. It's never fun to take the under, but good for you to do it. Good for you to do it. <laughs> Davey, we will uh, chat with you on uh, Sunday on the brunch. Okay, buddy. See you. There you go. That's uh, Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM. Uh, Gregor and uh, Brown with you. We got a lot of texts, but some really good ones, some interesting texts coming. We'll get to those at 833-401-1440. Uh, a few more numbers for you to uh, to digest on the uh, on the orders. Uh, now on a five-game homestand to end the month. And you know what? Five games, though, against five pretty formidable teams. Boston, best team in the East. Minnesota, battling for their playoff lives. Calgary, Heck, they just scored six on Hellebuck, for goodness sakes. They seem to be playing loose and fancy free ever since the uh, the trade. So, although it was interesting hearing um, from Blake Coleman saying how Lindholm, he goes, you know what, getting rid of guys who are vocally didn't want to be here, it's been better. Like, I loved it, man. It's just like, and it's true. Like, you got some guy, I don't want to be here, beat it. Get him the hell out. It's not good for you. So, uh, <laughs> I kind of respect that. So, uh, and then you got uh, the Blues who, uh, hey, they uh, they handed it to the orders, so uh, they got a little favor to repay them. So, and I think it's the Kings, the other one. So uh, those five pretty good games should be a good little homestand, uh, a challenging one for the Edmonton Oilers. Take a quick break. When we return, the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Turn my mic on. Three fifty. Welcome back, Jason Gregor, Sean Brown, Connor Allen, with you on Sports fourteen forty, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Thanks as always for uh, watching. Streaming it at uh, sports1440.ca or on the apps, wherever, if you're out of the uh, province. We love it. We love everybody listening. It's fantastic. We got, uh, uh, I'll say this about order fans. They, uh, they travel well. They're loyal to their team. Uh, we got lots of listeners from the text line in BC and Saskatchewan and Ontario because they're just, they're, they're dying for a little, uh, uh, Edmonton content, which is, uh, which is fantastic. So, and then of course, uh, you know, the vast majority of our audience, uh, right here in the uh, capital region, which is, uh, which is excellent. Um, hey, Gregor, um, I know you guys talked about it off the start, but uh, when's the Bears' uh, next game? Well, they're playing this weekend, uh, the U of A Golden Bears, right? Uh, they uh, they got by the Huskies in Game 3 overtime on the road, baby. That is a, that's a huge win. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, the Bears, A, to have to start on the road like that. Like, when is the last time that? I'd be very curious when was the last time that happened. Never mind. Not even in the final, in the semifinals. It's crazy. So it's good, though. It's, I think it's honestly better for the program to have more competition in the regular season. You just get a little bit uh, thicker skin. Uh, so uh, when if you do get to the uh, the national title, you, you've kind of been accustomed to those grind-out, tougher games a little bit. Because the Bears usually just beat everybody for fun almost for, for far too many games. But now, like UBC and the Huskies and the Dinos, like, it's a good league. It was really, really competitive this year. So, uh, yeah, they're playing this weekend. So, should be, uh, should be good times. Um, 
Uh, hey, guys, what do you think the chances are that if next year at this time the order's new dry settle wouldn't resign, could you make a dry settle cross? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Betrayed. Hmm. Well, I guess for two things. Pittsburgh's not trading Crosby for dry saddle as a pen in UFA unless they know dry saddle signing. So let's start there. Right. And if you're Leon dry why are you signing in Pittsburgh? They just traded Crosby. Latang and Malkin are old. They got nothing else going on in that organization. So I don't I don't see how it would happen. Um it will be interesting because there's a lot of Texas. Everybody knows he's gonna go to Colorado with McKinnon. It's possible, right? If that's is that's their trade. But you know, you never know. I know that they're buddies from Tim Hortons and they live on the East Coast. I get all that, but that doesn't mean that's the only team he wants to play for. Would they have an inside scoop? Probably. But I will say this. Like Matt Sundin, I thought, really bent over the Toronto organization. Um, for him not to agree to a trade. They got nothing for him and he walked. Remember that? Oh, they went to Vancouver? Yeah. And, and didn't sign to Vancouver till like halfway through the next year. Sidney Crosby, when you talk about a legacy in an organization and... If if it's kind of goes both ways, Crosby knows what the future is in Pittsburgh. The future in Pittsburgh, all he has to do is look in Chicago and he can visualize what the future in Pittsburgh is. It's the same thing, right? Uh, teams that won three cups and then uh, got older and got rid of guys, and it's, it's going to be some pain. Right? Even with Connor Bedard, it's still going to be painful. But that's where Pittsburgh's going. So if he truly cares as much about the city and the organization he says he does, then he does say, guys. You trade me. If you want to trade me this summer, maybe that's easier than a midseason trade. I don't know. Right now, Crosby, I don't think is married. Last I checked. So, you know, married guys will always tell us a little bit hard. You got family, you got kids, right? It's harder to uproot, you know, at the trade deadline. So I, I think that it's a conversation, though, that has to happen between Dubas and, and Crosby. And he, there's no reason he should be offended by when he just says, hey, Sid, like, let's be real here. You being on our team, you're a great player, you're a future Hall of Famer, but we can't win with you. We don't have assets to bring in anybody else. We don't have a lot of draft picks coming. Like, the writing's on the wall, dude. So if you want to get traded, when do you want to get traded? Now, if he just says, I don't want to get traded, I'm going to play on my contract and walk, he, he could. But I'd be like, why? If, if you truly care about the organization that much, why would you do that? What an amazing career, the fact that you don't know if he's married. I don't know if he's married for yeah, his professional and yeah, how no, big he, he is to the game. Yeah, like he's not what? married. I know that. I but what just, a quiet life. Like yeah. you never hear anything negative about yeah. Sidney Crosby. It's he's true. handled himself very professional throughout yeah. his whole career. Yeah. I know that's fair. But, but I, I wouldn't want to have that conversation if I was Kyle Dubas. It's a tough one to have. But is it though? Crosby's missed the playoffs three years. It'll be three It'd years. It'd make it a now. lot easier if he comes to you. 
Well, at the end of the year, you always have the GME with the players, right? So you're in that meeting. Hey, Sid, what do you think about things? And then, yeah, but if you can't have the courage to have the tough conversation, mm-hmm. then you can't be a GM is the way I would look at it. Good point. Like, you got to bring that up. Like, And you can be delicate and say, so, Sid, yeah. like, hey, I think we know where we're at. You know where you're at. Like, what? what's your plan? What's your future? What would you like? You know, do you want to stay or do you want to resign? We can resign you July 1st. Do you, you know what? But know that even though we resign you, like, there's no magical um, cavalry of good young players coming into <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. they could go on the free agent market and hope and pray that, okay, we're going to sign a bunch of guys for a million bucks, maybe one guy here for three, and they're all going to pan out and everything's going to be great, and we're going to be back in it. Because, you know, Tristan Jari's a decent goalie, and, you know, we still got some good defensemen, and blah, 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 blah. You can convince yourself of anything if you want. But if they're being realistic on both sides, the uh, the time in Pittsburgh was unreal for Crosby from 2000. Like it was a 16 year amazing run, three cups, few. You know, and it's unfortunate because of the uh, the head and neck injuries that he had. But like to me, there is it's not it should not even be a, a strong discussion. Every great organization, like you said, goes through this. Chicago went through it with yeah. you know Kane and Seabrook and Duncan Keith, and you know your run. You know, you, you, you know. Eventually, the Oilers are going to have to go through something like this too, right? You got the two best players, and you're making a run and emptying the cupboards, and then all of a sudden, you got to restock them. I got to read this from Kev. Good afternoon. In 1972, I put a curse on the Vancouver fans after they booed Team Canada, and so far, it's held up. As a Habs fan growing up, I hated the Bruins, but cheered heartily for them when they played Trader Coover for the Cup. <laughs> I'll remove the curse for a case of Canadian, and if they take out an ad in every major Canadian newspaper apologizing for their inexcusable conduct. Paul Henderson should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame from Kevin. Um, some people love the curses. It's great. Um, Paul Henderson's an interesting one. So here's my question. It was a, it was a big series. No doubt about it. Um. Does scoring two big goals put you is that is is that is the Hall of Fame about moments or career or career? Personally, I think it's career. Yeah. And Paul Henderson in his hockey career, that was the that was the pinnacle of his career. There's no doubt about it. Right? Those two, and it was on a big stage, and I understand the importance of it, no doubt. Right? And so even if you want to say it's a great series of eight games, awesome. The rest of his time. In the in the NHL, he played 707 games. He had 477 points, decent, but far from Hall of Fame numbers. Played in the WHA, had 283 and 360, decent numbers, far from Hall of Fame numbers. So what in his career, other than one series and some massive goals, not just in Game 8, but also in Game 7, makes you worthy of a Hall of Fame career? Not Hall of Fame moment, that would be my question. Because there's been lots of... Paul Henderson memorabilia, the gloves, the stick, that, totally deserving to be in. But for me, I don't think his career is a Hall of Fame career. I would have never known that if you didn't rhyme off those stats, right? I, I wouldn't have known that. But he's obviously known for that goal. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be uh, somebody's overall career, which is hard. You oh, know? Like, buddy, that's, it's, it should be hard to be in the Hall hard. of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, it should be difficult. Hey guys, I'm listening from Saskatchewan this week. Got to have Sports 1440 from uh, Jana, the longtime happy listener. Nice. Jana taking us on the road. It's fantastic. Hey guys, uh, what about moving Fogel? That would free up some cap space. He seems to go on back to what he is, which is a fine third line player, but at that cap space, would you move him? Well, you know, it's an interesting question, perplexed order fan. I look at Warren Fogel and I think if you can clearly upgrade your right side, now I know it was right and the left last year, but they upgraded Ekholm and they moved out Tyson Berry, who was because of cap, but also you know was well-liked in the room, good player on the team, but wasn't as good as Ekholm. So they upgraded. Fogel is a UFA, so even a little bit easier in a sense because he doesn't have term after this year. And while he did go on a heater earlier, he still kind of is who he is. Right, like he might score 17 goals this year, maybe gets, but is he going to get a big raise from what he's making this year? Maybe on a on a team, but I, I'd be surprised. 
because he, he kind of is what he is. He's a good third-line player, can score you 13 goals and 28 to 30 points kind of thing. It's what he is, right? Yeah. can kill penalties. Nothing wrong with it. But I, the, the one thing about Fogel, I will say, people always talk about, like, like he's not very physical, right? Like, he's fast. He gets in, but he doesn't finish a lot of his checks. And, and at times, he leaves me wanting more from the physical element of his game. Yeah, but no, I... There's very rarely, that's what's so valuable about Evander Kane. There's not a lot of guys that just have that in their game and have no, that's that fair. comfortable, you know, are comfortable actually doing it. You know, he kind of plays a hard, heavy game in today's game, right? I mean, he's not reckless. He's calculated. He's, you know, keeping and maintaining body position, stick on puck, all those good things that everyone's teaching. Um, very controlled, but... You know what? I I think for his age and his ability and his grit, um, yeah. I mean, is he as consistent as some some of your higher end players? No, but he's definitely a player that I think if you're going on a run and you're a competitive team, a Fogel is is a, is a guy that's going to be very valuable on anybody's team. Yeah, no, no. If you could get a clear upgrade for second line right winger, the way to make the cap space work, that might be the only way to do it. Is all I'm saying. So yeah. if it's a noticeable, up, I'm not moving Fogel for another third liner because I don't know what I'm getting. Yeah. You know, like I don't know how he's going to fit in the room and all those sorts of things. So, so that part I, I would agree with. But if I could get a legit second line right winger, and the only main to make it work would be uh, would be moving out Fogel, I, I would consider it. Right? Because like you know, you look, you're right about not a lot of guys are physical, but. Like, Fogel's 166th amongst forwards in hits. 166th, right? Like, guys Even when they talk that, about hits, though, they talk about hits. Like, what's a hit now? Like, well, a fair question. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> no, what, what no, is a hit? Fair question. Yeah. No, that, that is a valid point. You know, but I, I would say that, you know, there. do you want a guy that's just recklessly running around out of control? Well, but and, do you think Kane runs around out of control? No. Yeah. And, and, and Kane has 107. Like, I look at some of these guys, like Dakota Joshua in Vancouver. That guy's having a hell of a year, right? Like, you look at his point totals, everything, physical, right? Like, you look at guys, Will Cooley in, on, on New York. Like, I think there's lots of guys you could go out and get. And, uh, you know, I've said it many times, Beck Malenstein, fourth line guy, kills penalties, 245 a game, 148 hits, Brownie, six foot three, can fly, right? Like, th- mm-hmm. it's an element the orders are missing in their bottom six. Yeah. Right. They're missing it. And I think that's something that they need. No question in my eyes. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Stop in right now. You know, they can change your tires. You're already thinking, maybe do I get my summer tires on? Well, not just yet, but you got any mechanical issues? They can fix that, too, at FountainTire.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.